ready for this? No, because last time it took so long. It was actually two weeks ago. It took like six times. This is going to be fine. I don't know why I did that. It's not helpful. It's just... No. This turned into an ape. Okay, we're going to do an intro and then I'm going to talk about monkeys. Ready. And I'm Kaylee Iverson, and you're listening to Nevertheless She Podcasted. Dot com. No, we gotta stop doing this. Oh, right, right. This is not Expedia, which we found out. Which Expedia, if you're listening, Kaylee and I would love to collaborate with you. Just send some tickets anywhere our way. Or hotels. (laughs) Go on. Friends, before we recorded that introduction, Nicole said we were going to do that and then she was going to talk about apes. And so here uh, we are. Yes, I have some thoughts on monkeys. Oh, tell uh, tell me. Thoughts. Um, one, when I was a child, I thought that I could make a really great monkey sound. And so I would do that often, especially around the playground. Um, it embarrassed my best friend, um, but that's okay. Um, it was like, I really thought, wow, I'm so good. I sound just like a monkey. Like I thought that was one of my skills. If I was to make a resume as a child, monkey sounds was up there. Also sounding like Garfield was up there. Like I thought that I was the voice actor (laughs) of the decade. decade, Oh man. Millennium. But just, but just for monkeys and Garfield. (laughs) Yes, just monkeys and Garfield. Those were those were my main things. You know, I was doing a pretty good dolphin noise for a bit, but I I don't know how to do that anymore. Are you going to showcase any of these talents for us? Um, let me see if I can do the monkey one. <clears throat> let me drink. <laughs> no, that's not it. That's me singing. <laughs> it did kind of sound like a chimp, though. Okay, so you got to start out here. <laughs> Wait, that wasn't very good, but I would start out with the <laughs> and then it would go to the higher pitched monkey sounds. Um, now, as I'm doing it, I I feel more embarrassed than I thought I would. I had to mute myself because I just started <laughs> shrieking. I, I think I'm going to leave now. Um, would you like me to cut that out? No, I think you need to let the people know. Um, actually, I would like to hear it <laughs> back there first. <laughs> this is kind of like yesterday I made a weird joke about Forrest and I making out in the church in front of our church people. Um, no one thought it was funny. Everyone was silent. And then I felt weird and just kind of turned around. So that's about it. <laughs> I wanted, what was the context of this joke okay here's what happened <laughs> we were talking about how it's so dark in some of the corners of the sanctuary uh, okay. and I was like ah make out point over there and everyone's like haha that part was funny then I, <laughs> they were like how would you know that and I was like oh I've heard stories and I was like haha actually that's how Forrest and I met haha <laughs> and that was the part that they were it was just, just like, too far for them yeah they were like mm. 
making jokes about make out point is one thing, but suggesting that you make out with your husband too far. Too far. Goodness. <laughs> I second thing about monkeys. I was watching. <laughs> what is your train of thought here? Why was I talking about monkeys in the first place? Oh well, because uh, we were talking. No, why were you? I have no idea. Second thing about monkeys. Mm-hmm. There is some guy who, during the pandemic, has been playing the piano for monkeys at some kind of zoo. This is very loose information. I don't know the details, but he's playing piano for monkeys at the zoo to draw, try to bring awareness to, like, monkey hunger or something. Like, I'm, it's something like that. I'm not even just guessing like it's choosing to not monkey check hunger. there's too many things okay. here i'd have to confirm anyway he's doing this <laughs> playing the piano but he's like actually playing the piano in their little monkey cage thing and so as he's playing the piano they're hopping all over his body sitting on his head pulling his sheet music and he has to keep pushing it back down oh, while he's playing the piano and i was watching like a news reporter talking about this and he just couldn't he kept laughing because it was so ridiculous watching this happen and i was like what is I don't know if he's really getting across what he wants to get across there. I think I think it's really just him in a monkey cage and getting pooped on and jumped on and I don't know if that's necessary. I don't know if that's you know what I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it's not. Mm. Okay, yeah. And Are you looking out of your zoo your zoo cup. Oh yeah, yeah. One of my faves. That, that, that makes me happy. I miss doing things. <laughs> I know. When did we go to Zubru? I don't know. <laughs> it was. I I remember what you and I wore that night. I do. Because we had we had a layer because we were there in the evening, so we thought we might get a little chilly, but it wasn't cold weather. No. I think it was during the summer. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. That it means it was over been. a year ago, like a year and a half. Whoa. Almost two. Maybe next Zubru. It's for you, Zubru. I just like to say Zubru. Sounds like Subaru. We know this is why you've tuned in. (laughs) To hear what things sound similar. To hear the new news. The new news about monkeys. The facts. And the fallacies. We actually were gonna. What are we talking about today? Oh, right. We're on a podcast. Uh, Today, I would like to take it back, take it back in time to our childhoods, our youths. Our youths. Yes. These two youths, I would like to take it back to that. Um, Kaylee, I have been listening to a podcast by Mark Moops. Nope. <laughs> Not by Mark Maboop, but by Mike Berbiglia. I am a huge Mike it out. fan. Yes, he is a funny guy. The first time I ever heard of Mike Berbiglia was during our preaching class. Is that really the first time you'd heard of him? Yes. It was also the day that my thoughts on comedy changed. I used to hate stand-up comedy. I've always loved stand-up comedy. <clears throat> Here's why I think I hated it. One, because, oh, I know, because someone had me watch 
Ooh, what's that guy's name? Describe him, I probably know. Okay, okay. Kind of chubby white guy, blonde, very Jim blonde. Gaffigan. Yes. <laughs> okay, someone had me watch Jim Gaffigan in like a group setting and everyone was mm. laughing really hard. I wasn't. I didn't really I was like, eh, not really my cup of tea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't think this is that funny. Also, I don't like how choppy things often are with comedians. It's like talking about this reminds me of this, and it was just really choppy. And so, just and why do I want to watch you guys stand around for you know hours? So I thought I didn't like comedy. Um, and then in high school, I kind of liked Dane Cook because he was very active, and I hadn't seen a comedian really do that. And then. I see Mike Birbiglia and he's doing comedy in a story form that was very unique to me. <clears throat> and I was like, okay, I can jive with this. And so since then, I've been a fan of his, been a fan of the comedies. Um, oh, right. I was listening to his podcast. <laughs> yes. And in his podcast, he does these like kind of interviews with people and it's called Working Out because he works out different jokes um, with folks, right? Jokes with folks. Jokes with folks. Jokes with folks. Why do we not have a podcast called Jokes with Folks, Kaylee? Because, Nicole, we've we've made it clear that you and I are not funny people. We're not intentionally funny people, no. No, and when we try, we don't really land it. No, and then it's awkward, just like my story about making out. I was going to cut that out for you, but now I have to (laughs) include it. I'm sorry. (laughs) Where I try to make a joke, no one laughs, and I just turn around. Because what else are you supposed to do? So if I was a stand-up comedian, I would be on stage, make a joke, no one would laugh. Maybe that's your bit, though. I wouldn't even leave. Every comedian has, like, a bit for when one of their jokes really doesn't land well. And maybe that's yours. You just, you do a spin. You know, I knew a pastor who would do, have a joke. And... (laughs) He, he had such a good line for when people didn't laugh that always got people to laugh he would say some kind of joke people wouldn't laugh and he'd be like very seriously going through his notes and be like that was a joke you'll laugh later and they would and then that would make people laugh um, oh, that's good I appreciate that yes and so maybe I'll maybe I'll use that anyway so you're listening to oh his podcast what is wrong with me? Friends, you're listening, you're listening to Nevertheless She Podcasted, a podcast about tangents, so welcome and I'm sorry. <laughs> and apparently now a podcast about other podcasts and about the podcasts that we could have made but didn't. <laughs> Back to jokes with folks. So anyway, working it out. He, Mike Birbiglia, he asks his... Um, interviewee questions about um kind of like their childhood to learn one a little more about them and also I think that he ends up bringing up really interesting things that the person wouldn't have thought of that could become a really fun joke and so this has inspired me not to make jokes but to talk some about our childhood and maybe bring up some stories that we haven't really I don't know thought about or used for anything oftentimes I think of stories in my life are good to use for public speaking engagements preaching Mm -hmm. things you know 
friends this is just a comedy theft podcast where nicole watches comedians that she likes uh have conversations and then she's like "Ooh, we should do that and then we do yes so yes. welcome oh to the comedy gosh, theft we, podcast we did yeah. that with seth meyer and um my, the, the, john mulaney i almost said mike Birbiglia again because his name's stuck in my head also john mulaney i hope you're doing okay i think he's an outpatient right now well i hope he's doing okay i do as well best wishes to you john mulaney We'll send you flowers. They're in the mail. I wish I could. Yeah. Also, sending flowers in the mail sounds like a bad idea. Like they'll be dead by the time they arrive. And that well, might. You don't, you don't usually mail them. You usually call a florist in the area and uh, the florist deliver flowers. No, I was thinking like in a box. Well, see, that's not a good idea. <laughs> and then they just will receive dead flowers that say best wishes. And that sounds like a different thing. Anyway, <laughs> back to it um kaylee yeah uh this to me is kind of questions part three but story based okay i'm here so let's go with it my question for you Mm -hmm. inspired by mike burbiglia thank you is is there was there ever a time that you really wanted to be a part of a group that didn't want you a part of the group or or to be a part of the group you had to um be very inauthentic to who you were Ooh, one of those routes or both of those routes this is so tough because middle school and high school kaylee are so different than like adult kaylee okay and she just did stuff and it was fine (laughs) adult kaylee overthinks um I think you have to go first because I don't okay. know. <laughs> okay, mine will be an example because I've thought of this. Um, when I was in like elementary school, mm-hmm. my best friend really wanted to hang out with these like older elementary school kids. So maybe we were like fourth grade, they were like fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some really big astronomical oh, yeah, difference yeah, yeah. like that. <laughs> but to me, they seem so much older. Mm-hmm. like they seemed like they were in like high school or something I think they even wore some makeup like it was oh man uh <laughs> so anyway she really wanted to be a part of this group and to be a part of their group they were like it was really just these two girls they were kind of rude um they made weird rules that didn't really make any sense to me um they also were big on like cursing and stuff that I wasn't about and Mm. to me like for someone to curse equated bad person and so anyway my friend really wanted to be a part of this group but they didn't really seem to like me and it was probably because in elementary school I was all about like just kind of trying to be yourself Mm -hmm. And I didn't really understand anyone who wanted to be cool. I thought cool was a made up word because I was like, something that could be cool to someone else isn't cool to some other person. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just kind of nonsense. So I'm kind of in that zone where not everyone else, I guess, my age was. And so they just weren't a fan of me. And so this one time, you know, sitting at a table with them and with my friend, and I just got really upset because... I'd spent all this time trying to kind of hang out with all of them just to make my friend happy and they still wouldn't have me. And so I was like, why would I want to be a part of your stupid group anyway? It's just a bunch of stupid people in a stupid group doing stupid things because that's how you get angry when you're a kid. Just say the word 
stupid a lot. And I like made this stance and then very calmly one of the girls was like, your friend is a part of this group. So by you saying this is a stupid group with stupid people, that means that you've called her stupid. You should really think before you speak. And <laughs> dang, like, that's, that's not what I meant. And she was like, well, maybe you should really like think about what you're going to say before you say it. And I was like, uh, I'm sorry. And then it was just really awkward. And Did you go to elementary school in a teen movie? Like what the Apparently <laughs> I, I'm, this is why I keep thinking of these girls as like high school students. When I look back, yeah. they look so much older than like me, but they were like in fifth grade and we were in fourth grade. So That's it was so weird. To be honest, they seemed kind of like, I worry about how they actually were in middle school and high school because they were going down certain routes that, yeah, yeah, just didn't, didn't seem good. So anyway, that was the group. Um, eventually, I think one of them moved away, which kind of broke up the, mm-hmm. the whole thing. And yeah. that was very helpful, but... <laughs> Huh. Interesting. See, I think I think I almost had like the opposite problem. You were the girls? No, 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 no. Not that not that kind of an opposite problem. Goodness. No, I was never a mean girl. Um, but I was involved in everything that I wanted to be involved with. And that just made me look like so much of a geek that it like kind of confirmed an identity for me. Cause like, let me paint a picture for you. Yes. <laughs> in middle school and high school, I was. And, and some of these were during both and some of them were like split apart. I was in concert band. I was in marching band. I was um, in math club. I was oh uh, in drama club. And I also was my sophomore through my senior year, um, like drama club leadership. Okay. So like uh, that. <laughs> um, I was a TA who became, when I could have very easily qualified for an open period, I became a TA three times. <laughs> um, I wanted so badly to be in chess club, but it conflicted with my other clubs. Oh my gosh. Um, I always did Project Active or Buddy Club, which was working with um, special needs students uh, for every year in middle or in elementary school that there was like reading buddies where like older elementary school students spent their lunch period teaching the younger ones to read I did that oh my gosh Um, yeah so um I did more but we'll leave it there (laughs) because I was such a geek like I was such a geek the only thing that I didn't do was like LARPing in tabletop gaming and now I tabletop game so (laughs) next is LARPing no it's not where we're come on be like role models I'll do it with you we'll dress up like kids anyway so like I did all those things and ironically the thing I got made fun of for the most was Girl Scouts why Girl Scouts why did I get made fun of for Girl Scouts yeah um because it was because it was a little kid activity everybody like once I hit middle school I got made fun of for Girl Scouts until then it was fine but after that they were like isn't that what like five-year-olds do and I was like I'm going to London because of Girl Scouts I'm getting three thousand (laughs) dollars in scholarship money because of Girl Scouts like fun and so like that was something that I got made fun of for the most like math club I didn't get made fun of for somehow they're like well she's smart it's fine <laughs> like being smart's fine well the thing is if you went to math club you got extra credit in math and so 
some kids who didn't like math went to math club to get the extra credit well that's kind of cool um, yeah it was cool the teacher was super great i love her a lot rest in peace was it tina fey no it was, oh, she was no, an, ancient woman, an ancient woman from texas i, I interrupted <laughs> you when you were saying something really sad it's fine. was it tina fey and you're like <laughs> rest what was her name? Rest, mrs nunn they read a letter that I wrote her at her funeral and I Aww. lost it. Yeah, it was really sad. Anyway, this is not a sad oh, podcast. Um, and so I, yeah, I it didn't sad. like the things that I did didn't bar me from being in like groups that I wanted to be in. Like I never really wanted to be cool. Like I was I always referred to my friend group as like the island of misfit toys. And I was I was super yeah. cool with that. Um, because I'd rather have friends who were like funny and nice and liked me than were cool. Totally. So <clears throat> But I did definitely, like, I because of the groups I was in, it did paint, like, a weird picture of me that I didn't feel was accurate. So that, mm. I think, is my answer. I didn't have a good story to go with that. What ifs? I don't care. I like it. Um, that made me think, kind of, in your school, I guess let's go with high school, did you have, like, different, noticeably different cliques? Like, it sounds like you kind of float around in certain, like, I mean, different groups and stuff, but were there cliques? Um, I guess kind of, but not really. High mm-hmm. school was, high school was actually pretty chill. Um, high school was very much, because I went to a high school where there was, like, a lot of focus on sports, but also we did really well in, a, like, AP scores. We scored really well as a school, and we also had a really solid arts program. Like, we were pretty well-rounded, and so kind of no matter what you did, you would find your people, and I found my people in multiple groups, and so... Yeah. <clears throat> middle school however there were definitely cliques and the school almost supported it whoa what it was so this took some reflection after middle school to realize that this is what they did but um we were spread up spread up we were spread up (laughs) we were split up into four different groups and there were the enrichment kids who were like the honors kids Mm -hmm. um and we had classes if you were in enrichment you had classes only with people in enrichment except for band and that was it that's the only like band orchestra or choir that's the only time you had classes with kids who weren't in the honors program um and then there was like the remedial group and then the like gen ed group was split up into two because that was the biggest population and so the gen ed group was split up into two other like teams kind of like think hogwarts houses almost but then it horrible oh yeah it created this really really like volatile like people made jokes about the enrichment kids being grown in test tubes enrichment kids did that thing that honors kids do where we just like (laughs) pretended that we were smarter than everyone and got really like mean about that I didn't but people did um but then like our eighth grade year so this is so stupid the honors kids had more required class hours than the rest of the students for Mm -hmm. our classes to be called honors we didn't do more hours in class but we were we could miss less days. Mm. Okay. And so in eighth grade, um, our, the whole eighth grade class gets this trip to Camp Wooten, which is a camp in Washington. I went to Girl Scout camp there a number of years. It's a lovely place. Um, and everyone in the eighth grade class got to go except for the honor students. We had to still go to classes for the whole week. Mm-hmm. And it was so messed up. <laughs> yeah, that's really lame. So there were like 30 of us 
out of a whole like eighth grade class that didn't get to go and we were just like it's fine it's whatever <laughs> and so I think about that and that definitely created those like larger clicks that then like broke down into smaller like weird dump anyway <laughs> so no in high school absolutely yes in middle school oh, and I blame so the weird. school for it yeah so. I wonder if on the bus to the camp everyone's clapping they're like yay they finally got theirs I was there were there were two kids who dropped out of the honors program because they wanted to go to the camp so bad and so they just stopped being and in honors dropped. classes yep yeah it was ridiculous that was the right move I mean, not to say anything about you, Kaylee. Um, camp is just cool and fun. Camp is cool. But you know, I, I was going to I was going to camp with Girl Scouts, so that's true. So, so there's that. Yes. Did you have like a sixth grade camp? Is that like a thing? No. I don't know. That's not something everyone did. Well, we had eighth grade. What are you, What are you talking about? Well, we had sixth grade camp. It was called sixth grade camp, and in sixth grade six graders all went to camp um and the camp counselors were high school students so 10th grade and up from the high school um got to be camp counselors if they wanted to and for we i lived well i didn't live in this neighborhood but i went to school in a small town Mm -hmm. um that only had one of each you know grade level or whatever or what do you call that? It had like one elementary school, one middle yeah. school, one high school, right? So that's how they kind of were able to do things. So if you're in middle school through this school system, you knew that by the time you got into 10th grade high school, you could totally be a camp counselor here, which was cool because you also didn't have to go to any of your classes for like a week. So, <laughs> wait. Um, and that was really what I wanted to do, but then I moved schools. Anyway, we had sixth grade camp. It was so much fun. And, um, that was my first camp experience Mm -hmm. kind of like my only camp experience I don't think that I've gone to like another camp (gasps) yeah you should organize a camp I know I want to do camp that would be so much fun I have this idea of what camp is based off of I think that experience there oh wow yeah it was life-changing me like we got to do crafts we learned cpr we Mm -hmm. in first aid we like got to sleep in cabins and there was like a lake so we got to swim in the lake they had canoes and stuff so we got to learn how to canoe um me and my friend got stuck in a bush somehow by canoeing i don't know Mm -hmm. and so someone had to help us but we we had just so much fun doing all these things and um all of my siblings went through the same school district so they all went to sixth grade camp and each one of them had a horrible horrible experience oh no they got to me and I just had the best time ever (laughs) um uh, there was a a male camp counselor that I just thought I was in love with I mean that's how it goes right yes yes if he's listening his name is Vincent Mendez and (laughs) he's in the same grade as my sister cindy which is really funny because he seems super old then Mm -hmm. this guy's the same age as forrest now oh my god isn't that funny (laughs) that is funny (laughs) and so we also made like journals about camp and i like wrote all these things about him and then we took a picture together and it's in there and i still have this book and like it's just so 
so funny. And so after camp, I I just thought I was in love with this guy, and I like stalked him on MySpace, oh, and yeah, yeah. MySpace, oof. <laughs> <laughs> and then I moved on. Oh, I wrote him a letter because we got to write letters to our account to different counselors oh, after sixth grade camp. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's probably what it inspired me to draw those weird pictures to celebrities. That's what I've been too. thinking about this yeah. entire time. <laughs> I've always been the same person. <laughs> I mean, if nothing else, you're consistent. So there's that. Oh my gosh. Where did exactly. you go to camp? Do you know? I have no idea. No idea at all. Just out in the woods. That's not helpful at all. Nope. But <laughs> I anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> no. Okay. Next question. Yes. Is, is there like a story or something that happened to you that you kind of continually play in your mind? Does this make sense? Like, is there something? It could just be a random tidbit that you're all that you kind of come back to often why are you laughing i'm laughing because i can't think of anything (laughs) this might need to be another one that you go first with okay Um, listen as the person who was holding these questions i feel like you have a thought whereas i have no thoughts um my thoughts are based off of listening to working it out with mike probiglia at least we're crediting where we're getting these yes i am crediting him um maybe one day he'll hear this and think wow i'm so glad i do it better um or sue us <laughs> or sue us i don't think so he seems nice don't do that to us no mike anyway <laughs> um i i mean i have random things all the time that i continually come back to um for a long time i used to always remember um this time that I was in church and I was a little kid and I was in this like Sunday school class with this married couple and we were playing this like card matching game and uh the husband of the couple he would set up the card game and I kept winning over and over again and I was so excited that I kept winning and everyone else was like man we just can't get it right and um they kind of got bored of doing it, but I wanted to keep playing because I was so good at it. Mm-hmm. And the wife of the couple was putting together these like pinwheel toys for some other activity. And all of the kids wanted to go and look and see what she was doing. And the husband was like, Hey, does anyone want to still play this card game? And I was like, Oh, I do. I totally want to keep playing the matching game. And so he set it up and everything. And I, while I was waiting for him to set it, set up the game I was walking around and I went over and I saw the pinwheels and they were so cool they were like shiny and they're spinning and all this stuff and so I started looking at them and playing with them with the other kids and then he stood up and he was like okay I got the card game ready and I just didn't say anything and I just didn't respond to him why is that your why is that the way that you handle conflict (laughs) why do you just go quiet (laughs) I don't know 
And like in this story, my I was like four, probably. Oh, okay. okay? I was like four or five, maybe. And so I just start like playing with the pinwheel and not making eye contact. And he was like, eh, Nikki, you, you want to play still? And I just wouldn't say anything. And then I remember looking back up at him and he looked kind of really sad for a moment and like walked away. And I felt so bad, so bad that I didn't just go and play the game or that I told him to set it up again and then I didn't play. Like, I just felt so much shame. And that continued through my, like, most of my life. I would be sleeping and I would just remember this memory and be like, oh, and it just put me in a weird spot. And until, like, recently, I think I finally let it go. And I was like, "It's, it's fine. He's fine. It doesn't matter. I swear he doesn't remember this. I, I do have one of those stories. So maybe my question is more, do you have a story of shame? That, that just sticks with you forever? With Why, you? yes, I do. Thank yes. you for asking. Okay. Wrong uh, question before. This is the real question. <laughs> my, the thing I have to say before I tell the story is it does still to this day make me feel incredibly mm. guilty and you have to promise to never use it against me. No, yeah, I know. I just have to clear it up. because oh, sorry. People- I promise. Yeah. <laughs> I will not use <laughs> not, it against no. you. Not, no, I will not promise. <laughs> because there are some people who found it amusing and they like to joke about it, but it still makes me feel really bad. So mm. I don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so my little brother... <laughs> Oh my gosh, I feel terrible. Um, there was one evening. I'm two years younger than my brother. Um, and no, 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 you said that wrong. You said you're two years younger than your little. Well, that's absolutely wrong. <laughs> I was so caught. No, I'm two years older than my younger brother. Anyway, <laughs> uh, when we were oh gosh, we were probably five and seven. There was one day where my mom had to run to the store, and so she was just like, "Just watch him," and I was like, "Yeah, no problem." And I was laying on the couch reading or something and he came over with this little piece of popcorn and he got so excited because it looked like a dinosaur, but he was being so obnoxious throughout the evening and I was so done and I wanted him to leave me alone. So I turned over and I just crunched the popcorn in my hand Mm -hmm. and I watched his face go from like pure unadulterated joy to just sadness Mm -hmm. and it just melted and I immediately just wanted to die. I've never felt so like... I've probably yeah. I've definitely done worse things than this in my life, but I've never seen the effect of my actions mm-hmm. so clearly on the face of another person. And like to this day, sometimes I'll be like sitting somewhere and just think of it and then I'll just feel like trash for an hour. Oh, <laughs> Does yeah. he remember this? Probably not. <laughs> Have I you s- ever brought this up to him? Like I did once, like up? five years later, when he was like 10 and he's like uh, <laughs> and so I'm sure I'm sure he if he does remember he absolutely doesn't care but I still feel really really bad yeah. about this oh, and so like I it'll it almost ruined popcorn for me which like what a tragedy that would have been <laughs> so <laughs> yeah I do oh, I do think I about it that. was just such a simple thing but it did it looked it did look a lot like a dinosaur it looked like a little t-rex and I just crunch it was so so bad (laughs) I relate so much to that feeling there's so many things I did as a kid that it's taken a long time to like release that I still have a lot of shame about yeah um they can be small things or 
a little bigger things. And I feel really bad about um, the ways that I responded to certain things. And I've come to terms in some regard now to certain things because a lot of it was like my upbringing and what I thought was okay ways to behave or respond to things that weren't. Yeah. Um, I remember like as a kid, um, there was this one like day that I got to hang out with um, my brother with his youth group, which they were all, he's like eight years older than me. Mm -hmm. So I was probably like, "Mm, I'm going to say four and five, same kind of age range. Um, And I got to hang out with all these like teenage kind of kids. And um, one of the, they were playing with like a football and one of the kids threw it and hit me in the ear really hard and I started crying and he like was kind of laughing about it and didn't really say he was sorry he was just like and was just kind of rude and stuff and so I remember like looking at him and like watching him respond that way and I like had this grudge and this is really bad next time I see him on Sunday uh, I follow him as he's walking to the bathroom and we're in the hallway and it's just me and him and I started hitting him like I started hitting this guy and he was like stop stop get off and I just kept like hitting him as he was walking I'm a little kid so he's still able to walk and stuff he's, but it was like I was like I'm gonna get him back and so I just like in my mind I was like hitting his head. There's no way I was reaching his head as a kid. So I was probably actually like hitting his Mm -hmm. back or something. And he kept telling me to leave him alone and get off him. And then he went to the bathroom and I was just alone in the hallway. And I was like, wait, that wasn't okay. And I went and I told my sister um, about like what I had done. And she was like, you can't do that. You can't act that way. And it was something that I felt really bad and a lot of shame for, for most of my life, because I like attacked this guy in a hallway premeditated attack that I had decided he was going to get this because he hurt me. And I didn't really know this person either. He was not even like really a regular person at church. Um, He had like just started coming and I, maybe he stopped coming because some kid attacked him anyway. But I now look back and in my mind, I thought that was an okay, like, like, this is how you respond to this because of how things happened in my house. And because I had like anger problems as a kid, so I didn't know how to deal with all those feelings. And I didn't know how to deal with the ways that people were, um, the toxic behavior at home. And so like at home, if I got really mad and like hit my brother or sister, like that was kind of normal. But what I was learning was, oh, at church and with other people, that's not okay. But it's not that it's just not okay in general. It's just not okay here. Interesting. And no, no, you don't do that here. And at home, it's a different story. And so I was learning that there was these different rules, places. But most of my life, I felt really bad about that. And I made like a conscious decision as a little bit older kid Mm -hmm. to not respond in anger and 
I've been afraid for man I've taken this a whole different direction I was gonna ask did do you intend for this to be part of the podcast I I don't mind okay I was gonna say because you went from responding to something to like like a podcast tone and I was like (laughs) I should clarify so like which is still an authentic tone for you it was just a little bit different I was like oh I should ask sorry you've taken this a whole different direction you said I did (laughs) um but (laughs) Where was I saying? Uh, Thanks a, a lot, Kaylee. I know you made a conscious choice to not respond oh, in anger. I yes, um, and I've been afraid for a lot of my life about responding like hitting anybody. Mm. Like I don't want to be that person anymore. Yeah, I haven't for most of my life. But like as a kid, that was my like immediate reaction is to like yeah. physically do something when I had feelings, and so that's been something that I'm always afraid of and don't want to allow myself to go that direction ever Mm -hmm. and so it's just so weird i'm gonna try to wrap this up because i just made everything sad but it's just okay we literally we literally started this episode being like we've done a couple heavy topics recently we should really we should really do something lighter this week and welcome (laughs) yes yes but like you know some of the most joyous people are also the saddest people you're making it far sadder now everyone <laughs> now everyone's just thinking about robin williams and oh, now you've got it to a point where we can't we can't save it yes uh robin williams no okay <laughs> i okay something i always enjoy about you and also i have this kind of um rapport is that the word I mean? With my sisters, where we can go from talking about something joking, talking about something serious, and going back to joking, and like, yeah, that's just how things work here. That's, I mean, I think that that's life. (laughs) That's life. If we pretend that that's not how life works, then everyone's faking it a little bit, so. Oh my gosh, Kaylee, we should write a movie. Not the beekeeper's wife. What are we writing now? <laughs> We're writing a new movie. This is a sequel. No, not the sequel. <laughs> but we should write a sad comedy. Okay. <laughs> a comedy that like mirrors the ways that we talk and it's like a joke and not a joke i don't know who's gonna watch it and like happy and like silly we'll watch it that's all that matters a lot of work for just us friend Uh, taylor will watch it forrest will watch it not because he'll like choose (laughs) nala will watch it (laughs) lavender and lemon will watch it goodness (laughs) how do we get to a lighter place again okay thank you for indulging my question of shame moments <laughs> that stick with you is there is there a moment that maybe you've felt bad about but now you've released that you've been like okay I can let this one go no I have a guilt backpack I'm sorry <laughs> a guilt backpack there's so much room in there I am thinking of like a video game and you can like equip different guilt at different times and you also have like a flashlight in there in video games that have resources i hoard resources like 
I will if they're if they're like survival games or anything like that. I will like keep as many of an item as I can because I'm so afraid that I'll need them later in the game and I won't have enough. Um, and oh. I do that with guilt. I just make sure I have enough guilt for the rest of my life. Because <laughs> maybe one day you won't have enough, and then you'll just maybe be, one day I'm gonna be feeling too confident. good about myself, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I just gotta bring myself down a couple of pegs, you know? Like <laughs> yes, I mean that happened on an episode of Community where. Jeff had too many anti-anxiety pills and so he was super confident all the time and then he went to a skipping over some things in the episode but he was at a birthday party that was based off of like um uh an Oscars party kind of for this kid's bar mitzvah and everyone was this kid was getting all the reward or awards and Jeff just couldn't take it anymore and like jumped on stage and like ripped his shirt and he was took one of the kids awards and was like ah, and turned into the whole there were a lot of Ryan Seacrest jokes in that episode. Yes, yes. I do remember so that, that one. that could happen to you, Kaylee. <clears throat> it's true. If I don't have enough guilt to balance me out as a human being, who knows? Yes. Who knows? Uh... Yes. Who knows whose bar mitzvah you will crash and exactly. rip your shirt and no. take care <laughs> Oscars. <laughs> Specific, but no. <laughs> <laughs> and then go running down the street. See, I just can't risk that. So we got to gotta keep the guilt backpack. <laughs> This is all nonsense, by the way. More <laughs> nonsense than huge, usual. Sorry, I say huge often because I need to shorten that. Why? I don't know. I was trying to text you once, Kaylee, and I was like, how do I write huge? Like, how do I write that out? And then I was like, let me just write usual. Boop, 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 boop. Use my little. Is it like my brain wants it to be U-S-Z-E? Huge. I feel like if you typed U-S-Z-E, I would know what that meant. Okay, maybe that's our code. Because <laughs> we need a code for the word usual. Sure. Um, if I write use three times in a row, I am being kidnapped and held hostage somewhere. Help. <laughs> Friends, we're going to take a quick break to tell you a story about the minor heart attack that Nicole gave me a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I'm sitting in my counseling theories class and I try really hard to pay attention to my classes because everything I'm learning is really, really important. And out of nowhere, I get this text from Nicole and I'm like, I'll just check it to see if it's urgent. And all it is, is she's dropped me a location. <laughs> she never does this. And so at first I was like, did we have a meeting somewhere and she's being really passive aggressive about me not being there? And I was like, that doesn't make sense. It also said, see you soon, right? Oh yeah, I, I forgot about that. You wrote, see you soon. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. It's a Thursday evening. She knows that I have classes. Like I never 9 p.m. Yeah, it's literally 9 p.m. I'm like, I wouldn't have scheduled something for Thursday evening at 9 p.m. And she wouldn't do that either. Like we wouldn't do that. And then I was like, huh, weird. And then it hits me and I'm like, oh my gosh, is she in trouble? Is this her trying to like casually like let me know that she needs help? And so I'm totally tuned out of the class. There's so much I didn't learn about feminist theory. <laughs> I immediately pull out my laptop, which was already out. I pull it in front of me and I'm like texting her trying to find out if she's okay. She's fine. She accidentally auto sent me a thing. <laughs> so yeah, I don't even know how I did that. Like, I've never sent someone a location. And it was, like, a weird location, too. Yeah, it was, like, somewhere in, like, downtown Portland. Like, yeah, and, I don't even which know is, how that happened. Which is why I got anxious, because I was like, you know, she does do, like, 
some marketplace stuff like maybe she had like a pickup that went really not okay and she's <laughs> in danger now no just accidentally I missed like 20 minutes of class trying to resolve this issue and I didn't respond right away because I didn't even realize what was happening I think you like sent me question marks and I didn't even know what that meant and I think I even think that when I saw the location you sent me it and so I was like huh that's weird and so I <laughs> And that's what happens when you mix one nonchalant human with one very anxious human. That's what happens. Like, no. You know, it reminds me of this time my sister Cindy accidentally sent out a like emergency message to me and like a couple other family members. I guess you can set, I don't know if it's just an Apple phone thing or something, but you can mm. set your phone to have certain emergency contacts and a message goes out to all of them when mm. you need something. And so that had happened somehow. And so I get this message and I was like, that's weird. And shortly after I got a text from her phone saying, hey, I'm sorry, this message went out. Oh, I was trying to like update my phone. I don't know what I did. And I was like, okay. And then hours later, I was like, why did I call her? That's exactly what someone would have said if like <laughs> they were kidnapping her or something, then got her phone and was just like, oh, just like, ignore that. Ooh, whoops, that didn't mean to happen. Oops. Right. <laughs> And I was just like, haha, going about my day. She's fine. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, I've whipped out my laptop in the middle of class, gone into full criminal minds mode, trying to find my best friend who is definitely oh, murdered. <laughs> so like maybe don't reach out to me if you're being murdered. I don't know if I'll realize anything has happened. Even if you text me, I'm being murdered. You're gonna just get a single text from me that says you spelled U-S-Z-E, and you'll be like this might be real yeah. <laughs> or, but we did agree on three uses so <laughs> oh my gosh it'll be something even it'll be like use use and then usz but no e and they'll be like well that's not the full code so. <laughs> <You're right>. <laughs> <laughs> okay thinking of my sad church story makes me wonder <laughs> oh my gosh I'm doing the transition that I just talked about other podcasts unnaturally yeah. do and I just did it in real time which was still unnatural do something with that you jerk anyway I don't know who I'm calling are you talking to me and no <laughs> I don't know why I said that <laughs> collect yourself woman good lord Oh, I'm out of control. Okay. Kaylee, do yeah. you have any times in your church youth group or just Christian spaces in general when you think back and realize like, huh, that was kind of a weird thing we did or like, huh, that's kind of a, a strange thing that Christian kids did back at then. I've been thinking about this most of the time because I knew we were going to end up here. <laughs> and I'm still, I'm having a hard time coming up with something. Not that they're, not that these stories don't exist, but I just know everyone else has way crazier stories. No, that's okay. I, that's the, I, I like, I mean, like my church wasn't perfect, but it was fairly healthy and that's really good. It is really good, but also then I don't have any interesting stories for this. No, no, that's fine. I mean, you don't have enough trauma. Like, <laughs> that's, come on. that's the other thing is like I'm really, really open to like processing people's stories of religious trauma, but I don't have a lot of my own if I'm being honest. Which is good. It is good, but also I feel like sometimes people assume that I'm going to invalidate their own experience because of it. 
but you're not that person. I think again that you have a special ability of like connecting with people and listening and understanding in ways even when you have not had those experiences that is very helpful Haley did you have did you ever go and visit your friends youth groups yes I I had a complaint about my friends youth groups that most people did not dislike when we were teenagers um I went to a pretty theologically heady church sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like we we got we had like real conversations um That's and cool. we didn't shy away from many topics. Um and a lot of other youth groups we had a Bethel church in our town, like a really mm-hmm. big Bethel church. Mm-hmm. Um and all of my friends youth groups were really game based game i'm worried that it sounded like i said gang (laughs) (laughs) creating the gangs for christ and oh geez nope 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 um where we specifically only read word on the street have you read word on the street it's so it's so good i taylor and i are looking for a copy but they're also expensive because everyone wants them because they're so ridiculous um anyway um but like a lot of my friends youth groups played a lot a lot a lot of games and I was never a big game person like growing up even like as a kid I didn't like playing like youth group games and we played youth group games but we were like 20% game 80% like service and small group whereas theirs was kind of flipped everything else was a lot more like young life Mm. (gasps) I never got to go to young life yeah, just slight interruption to your story. Yeah. I'm so sorry. No, um, <laughs> Young Life. Some of so I didn't even know what it was in high school. A lot of our like kind of um, wild kids were go would go to Young Life, and it was like a secret club. And I literally was asking once. I was like, "Hey, like, what's Young Life? Like, can I go?" And they said no, and they wouldn't tell me anything. What? Yeah, like the kids who were going like acted like it was a secret club and they wouldn't I couldn't go so I never went to Young Life I did go to a Young Life camp once though oh because um actually at Wafara uh, it used to be the Rajneeshi yes yeah I, I went so there great. um our our winter camp or something had gotten canceled for youth group because we didn't have enough kids sign up so they sent a very small group and I think it was just girls I don't think any of the guys went um and it was almost like a leadership retreat like it was so small um they sent like a small group of us to a young life camp that was going there because our youth pastor had a lot of young life ties and we literally spent the whole week being like did we learn anything nope (laughs) it was really and that was the funny thing is a lot of kids in my youth group were like if it wasn't like material based enough we got bored (laughs) like we came to camp to learn and all you did is have us play games we went on that swing that like three people sit in. You swing out over the edge of a cliff, and like a girl the previous year had like almost died on it. It was great. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, it was really traumatic. Uh, but it was like, and the thing is, it's it's a beautiful camp. Like it's, it's a lot of money in it, but um. So I did go to a lot of my friends' youth groups, but they were they were really heavily game based. Game based. <laughs> I'm so worried that it sounds like I'm saying. <laughs> <We hear you. laughs> 
so, um, when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. Okay. Listen, if there was a musical theater church, I might have ended up there. That would have been cool. But yeah. And so it was never, there was like a mix of my friends' youth groups that were either like really, really surface level or really, really toxic. Mm, yeah. And so I would like go to church with my friends once and I'm like, hey, since we did this, like, let's go to my youth group next week. And then I would take them to my church and then never let them leave. No, they were allowed to leave. I didn't like force them to was tying up the youths. (laughs) The youths. No, but like nobody ever wanted to go back to their home church. And then I just kept stealing kids. And then like my pastor one week was like, I love how many kids you've brought to youth group. Maybe start bringing kids who didn't already have a youth group. And I'm like, nah. (laughs) I don't think. We didn't have like much of a youth group by the time I got old enough to go to one. Mm. That makes sense. Like we had, I've talked about this before, I think on the podcast, we had girls in action, GAs, which was the best thing ever. Shout out to Naomi. Okay. She was our leader. That was the best thing ever. Mm. But by the time I got older, like going middle school age, um, all of the like youth group kind of things were, had kind of died out. Like our church was pretty much dying at this point. So um, I didn't really experience those things, but something that I think back on as a kid that my church was really intense about was the ABCs of becoming a Christian, which are A, admit to God, you are a sinner. B, believe that Jesus is God's son. C, confess your faith in Jesus as your savior and Lord. And these ABCs were a part of a very specific prayer you needed to pray to become a Christian. And that really confused me and my siblings and many people for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and once I had prayed these very specific, this very specific prayer and said those magic words, then I was supposed to help other people pray this prayer. And I just couldn't do it. And I didn't understand it. And yeah, I felt really uncomfortable doing it. And so that just really confused so many people. Kaylee. You have just reminded me. You've unlocked a core memory. It wasn't my church and it wasn't a church. It wasn't another church. It was a church-like activity. Awana, are you familiar? I've heard of this, but I don't know what it is. So um, a lot of times for kids, Awana is a really cool like church outreach. It's kind of like a younger kids youth group, but it's like really like Bible study focused. Um, And it's really great for a lot of kids. I went to Awana at a Baptist church and it was terrifying. Um, They made us memorize memory verses and the leaders were like these ancient women who were really scary and kind of rude if you didn't memorize your memory verses. (laughs) You've reminded me of the thing. I... I, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior when I was four years old because I grew up in the church and that's, I wow. I was ready. <laughs> like I decided I was ready um, and no one stopped me. <laughs> and so that was fine. And that's like when I made that decision. When I, but like when I got to be like seven, I was like, I should probably do this again because like now I know what it means at seven. Um, yes. <laughs> so at Awana one night, they were like, anybody, they like had done this, their whole like, um, it was a night where we had talked about like the crucifixion and what that meant and what Jesus like um, raising from the dead meant and like all of that like big like core Christian Mm -hmm. theology stuff and so at the end of this little lesson they were like anybody who wants to pray the like 
the prayer. Like you stay in the room, everybody else can go and like play the game. And so kids went off to play the game. And I was like, you know, it's been three years. I should, I should probably do this now since I've got a better understanding of it since, since I'm not four anymore. <laughs> You're basically an adult. At this I point. mean, truly. <laughs> what did I know three years ago? Here I am. I'm seven. I've got this now. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, eh, sure, I'll, I'll pray this prayer. And so it was like four of us that stayed behind to pray the prayer. And afterwards, they gave us a piece of candy each. And I remember that felt really, really wrong because they were like, all right, like you've accepted Jesus and like, this is so great and we're happy and we're excited and here's a piece of candy. And they were like, don't tell the other kids that you got a piece of candy for this though. And I was like, uh... I feel like we're monetizing salvation. <laughs> like I remember like even at seven being like, ew, <laughs> that feels gross. But did you eat your candy? Well, obviously, it was a Reese's yeah. peanut butter cup. I'm not oh, going to not yeah, eat the candy. <laughs> but I do. But I remember she handed it to me and I kind of made a face and she's like, do you not like this? Like this one? And I was like, no, I do. It just feels weird. And she was like, oh, no, it's fine. And then like went off and I was like, if if I was giving a piece of candy to a seven year old who had just prayed like their little confirmation prayer thing, I feel like I'd ask a question if they said this feels weird. <laughs> no it's fine like I I think about that all the time where I'm like I feel like I would have been like okay let's talk about that like or like what do you mean Are before you okay? I send you off like, to play some weird like big carpet room game like <laughs> and like uh, I that that does stick with me I don't ever think of that as like a church related memory which like it so obviously is yeah but it wasn't like something that I was like this happened at church no. <laughs> so, but like you yeah, know I, I do very vividly remember that and being like I don't like that I'm being rewarded with candy for making this decision that shouldn't be rewarded with candy and that they were like they were rewarding you but also keeping it from the other kids well, so they, like they didn't they didn't want us to tell the other kids that we got candy for it because they didn't want kids coming and saying that they wanted to pray the prayer for candy totally which again then why are you giving giving the candy in the, the first candy. place that's an excellent question like, it's one thing if maybe everyone got candy at that point i don't know i just feel like it's weird or like if if it was like a celebration like yay they prayed the prayer everyone let's have candy which like that we had moments like that at like camp or vbs where it would be like when when kids like made that decision for themselves that like we celebrated that as a group yes because it was exciting but not like see yeah yeah that's kind of weird yeah. and for those listening at home i would just like to confirm that kaylee and i are not stating that this is the way to do things like you gotta pray this specific prayer that's what i was just want to state of like kaylee made this decision because that made sense for you yeah. and what you know what you wanted to do in your walk in your journey in your commitment to god you know whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it but um we're not stating that is the way like is it fair to say that probably yes. we're going to make people mad but yes <laughs> well my worry is we have some folks that aren't like some folks listening who aren't like i don't know haven't been lifelong christians haven't uh, some people who aren't even christians and stuff mm -hmm. and so i don't want to i'm more concerned for their spiritual health and that's not, valid i think i think there's 
Because I don't want to write off the other way either because that works for No, some no, people. no. And so I think maybe approaching it in a, like, there is, there is like, a, dis- a distinct, like, there's, choice? like, a thing. There, yeah, there's a choice. I, yeah. That's what I, and, like, that choice is a thing that exists. That choice doesn't look the same for everyone, and I don't think it should be scripted. Yes. So let's say that in a natural sounding way. So no, can- I think that they can hear us process that. <laughs> I okay, that that's yeah, okay. Yeah. No, that's because I, I I think that I, and I'm I'm gonna say let's vote for process because I think that that is something where it's like I did I did the traditional thing twice <laughs> at four and seven and, and I did too at seven and maybe like fourteen. When were you baptized? Have you been baptized? Yes. So I was baptized. I was between seven and eight. There was like was time that I was I was okay. Wait, sorry. I've been baptized twice. Because you just need extra baptizing. So I was baptized when I was like seven or eight. Um, and it was after I prayed my ABCs. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah. And I was so nervous to do it because that meant I had to walk down this long, the long like walk to the front of the church to go tell the pastor. And I Jeez. kept being really nervous. And then once you do that, he turns you around and talks to everybody and tells them like what you just said. Anyway, (laughs) so I did that. But then when I was, I think, 20, Mm -hmm. um, I decided to get baptized again um, because I was at a completely different place with my faith and had just left um, a lot of toxic christianity and the church i grew up in all of that and so i got baptized on my birthday when i was 20 and i just jumped in a big pool of water with my jeans on my birthday jeans and it was great i don't remember why i asked i think i was just curious yeah i'm I'm glad that we but no i think that that's something that we can't process out because i think that i don't think that there's any i want to share a story i will check with my sister cindy to make sure it's okay to share the story before we keep it but when my niece was I'm gonna say Riley was like seven or eight um her and her mother my sister Cindy went to this um event I think it was some kind of like Christian concert or something and they kind of invited kids who wanted to um say a prayer to accept Jesus into their lives like and kind of make that decision to stay behind and they had people who would pray with them mm-hmm. and so um Riley stayed behind with Cindy and one of the women who was leading the event and they prayed together and they did not pray what Cindy was used to as a traditional like accepting Jesus prayer. Mm -hmm. They didn't do that. They didn't say the ABCs exactly. It was just more of a like um, welcoming God into my life. This is kind of the choice I made Mm -hmm. and it wasn't scripted and then they were done and after the event cindy was really worried that like hey she didn't pray the right prayer oh okay i see held riley behind and they she had her say those exact words yeah to make sure that it was that she was good and it was correct and since then cindy and i have had a lot of conversations about this and she's kind of you know done her own you know, spiritual work to just figure out like why she felt such a big need to do that Mm -hmm. with my niece. And um, it was just because that's like what we were raised in. And so that's just kind of how things had always been. And here was a moment for someone new to do it. And that was the only way that she had known it was done. So 
I think in ways like that can. Absolutely. I totally, yeah. I, I get where you're coming mm-hmm. from now. What I was hearing from you before was a place where I have some theological, where I was hearing like, you don't have to do anything. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're mm-hmm. going there no matter what. And that's where I was like, oh, I, I, oh. have, I think that we're treading some weird ground here. And that's not what you were saying. <laughs> No. that's a much bigger <laughs> statement than i would ever make well that's why i was just like "Ooh, mm, i let's mm. and, and so it was i was hearing something very different than what you were saying yes and i can i can actually follow that up with a camp story of the way that i did this with other students so okay perfect and i think just to cap that <laughs> is, i'm glad that we're on the same page. yes we're on the same page now I think that the choice mm-hmm. is kind of where that matters. Is Absolutely. Like, do you make a choice to like live your life a certain way? Are you convinced that like living a way of love and care for other people mm-hmm. and is important to what do we do in Micah 6, 8? to um you're just pulling out verses i'm oh, pulling man. out verses that i'm gonna mess up what is it to <laughs> um, i want to hear you try first and i know this <laughs> verse but just because i said that i was gonna say it now i'm like losing myself okay to love justice um and walk humbly with your god i'm missing oh, something. uh Micah six eight. What is? I'm I'm I have it pulled up, but I'm not going to look at it until I say, uh, "Speak justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God." Which boom yes, in the NASB, which is what I use for study, is He has told you, "Oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you?" But to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Yes, like that is a decision to make. Absolutely, how that looks to make that decision, I think, is different. I think I think that one year my church and a lot of other churches that all went to the same summer camp did this in a way that I thought was really cool. Um, it involves poker chips. So if you have Yay! religious trauma around oh. anti-gambling symbols, <laughs> trigger warning. <laughs> Can I say before our church closed down um, for the pandemic sake, uh-huh. um, I was planning to learn how to play poker with um, now our our board chair at church mm-hmm. we had made plans like okay after service we're gonna learn you're gonna teach me how to play poker and that was like our plan after service we didn't get to do it and I don't know how to play poker so I I, I love to make jokes like that because like there are church of god rules written that like are really old that are like no dancing no card games no dice games and I'm like breaking a lot of rules <laughs> oh, dice games that one's good um Anyway, and so we had a camp this one year where like our theme was like all in and we each got a poker chip at the beginning of the week. Okay. Um, and it was a really cool thing where like everybody had the opportunity to do something. It wasn't just like a first time accepting Jesus opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was a big thing. And it happened throughout the week where they had like this little like altar thing set up where you could drop in your poker chips at any point and you didn't have to do it in front of anyone. Like if everyone was like, if everyone had just finished lunch and like you had like free time, you could like go in and drop it and nobody had to see it happen. Hmm, and there wasn't okay. like some secret like salvation camera set up to catch you. <laughs> I love that. That's funny. Salvation. We were encouraged to write like either a verse or a personal message that was like important to us <clears throat> and something like that. So like throughout the week, we like kids who were like 
who were already quote unquote like all in for Jesus like they had an opportunity to like do that as a statement for themselves and so like I went after lunch one day and I wrote like my little message on one side of verse on the other side and I put my poker chip in and I went totally by myself and there were kids who made their like first time Jesus commitment by themselves and then at the third night of camp you know the traditional like everyone's crying and really emotionally vulnerable night um we had we had like an open up time where it's like if you want to do this with someone like if you don't know how to do this and you want someone to walk with you in it like now is the time and since I was like one of our youth leaders while simultaneously being a youth <laughs> by the way when Nicole and I say youth we mean youth we just say youth because we're dorks yeah yeah if you've been confused that's what we're saying you're like what is a youth <laughs> fair enough <laughs> and so uh we had a couple kids come up who would like come up and I was like assigned to be like the person who prayed with them and I would like ask like hey like what are you wanting to like decide today and like they were like, I want to accept Jesus. I'd be like, cool, what does that mean to you? And then they would tell me what that meant to them. Or if they had questions, I would answer them to the best of my ability. And then based on what they said that that meant, we would pray about what that meant. Mm-hmm. And they made a personal commitment. And whatever that was, they made their commitment. We dropped in the poker chip. We were good. Some kids went home with po- poker chips, and that was fine, too. Like, mm-hmm. there was no shame around, like, the, if you came home with a poker chip, nobody was like, no. <laughs> And so well, parents um, might be a little confused like, but with valid i'm sure they were <laughs> why do you have poker chips some kids were like collecting them and they were like actually playing <laughs> poker someone went home with like 20 of them yeah and so like <laughs> but like that was something where i was like oh this is this is kind of a cool approach where everyone had an opportunity to do it on their own if they wanted they had an opportunity to do it again or for the first time that way but if they wanted someone and we had kids who had been like who had like done the Jesus prayer as like young kids and like just kind of wanted to like sort through some new stuff for themselves as like high school teenagers and it was just a really cool opportunity to be able to like sit with people and be like all right like let's let's sit with you and like not in like (laughs) I it's like when teachers tell you to like explain this thing in your own words it was very much like that where it was like, cool, you want to do the Jesus thing, but like, what does that mean to you? Um, And getting to like, they got to ask questions. I got to ask them questions. It was a really cool experience where like, it was really personal to everyone. And I think it probably meant more to a lot of people who did it that way because, because it meant something to them (laughs) beyond like prepackaged words. Totally. And prepackaged words work for people, and that's fine too. But like, yeah. I like that. I liked that we had options. So. Yes, I that the options. I think is what's important. Like yeah. so often, I'll switch between writing my own prayers or just using prayers from a book or something. You know, like mm-hmm. I see it in that way. Of like, there's value in both, but oh, to yeah. say one is the only way is just not what I'm. If we are if we are only praying in church with the Lord's prayer, then I think we're missing out on a lot of really, really cool opportunities. Totes. I also say totes. Oh god. Huge totes. Man. Yeah, the huge totes. My boss this week said totes my goats drinking root beer floats, and I was like, absolutely not. Like <laughs> we are shutting it. that down. No. <laughs> you have taken it too far. <laughs> anyway. Haley, we have gone on a roller coaster. We really have. Who the heck asked for this? You. You Me? said, hey, I have this Not idea. I. It wasn't my idea. Uh-uh. You asked every question that brought us to this point. Girlfriend, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I am just an observer. 
Yeah. Of our podcast. Okay, so we went, as I was saying, on a roller coaster of a ride that I did not buy tickets for. Okay. I she did didn't not build the track that the roller coaster went on, though. So I don't know what um, she's. I built about four of the tracks. The rest was the construction workers. Okay. Who are the construction workers? And the foreman. This is a weird analogy that doesn't have like. Um, and the people who own the fair. This is all of them. And it's all in my mind. I don't know. I don't know, Kaylee. Oh, gosh. We should probably wrap up before we continue on this scary carnival. Yes. Before we wrap up, I just want to say, hey, I noticed we have some new listeners. Welcome. If this is your first episode, well, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're not too confused because we got some other good stuff. Check them out. And thanks for joining us on this roller coaster whatever analogy you want to use what's something a bumper cars no i'm not going to ask questions i was going to but that's not (laughs) going to get us anywhere productive (laughs) friends thank you so much for your time today um we appreciate you all so deeply and this went directions that we were not prepared for so we'll see what this sounds like after editing If you're interested in learning more about us, please check us out on our website at www.neverthelessshepodcasted.com. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at ntlshepodcasted. And if you're um, interested in helping support this podcast, we are also on Patreon. There's some cool stuff going out. We would love to see you there. As always, thank you so much, friends. Hope that you are doing well. Stay safe out there. Stay hydrated. And don't build roller coasters as you're riding them. That's scary. Don't do it. It's no, not safe. don't do it. And don't blame it on the construction workers. Or the foreman. It's or not the their foreman. fault. Maybe the fair owners, because they suck.